Well, they finally did it. I'm Will McQuillan, Joe and Matthew with me today, as always, and the Union finally won a game. Uh, we'll get to the, what this actually means a little bit later, but for now, Joe, what happened in this game? Well, it was a huge relief, I think, for everybody. Um, both the Union and the Red Bulls played evenly, I thought, throughout the first 74 minutes of the game. Um, yeah, there were back-and-forth swings, but the Union played tough individually. Yeah, there were a lot of players who really gutted it out. Bedoya played tough. Andre Blake was fantastic. CJ Sapong, obviously, with a hat trick, was amazing. So, uh, tough game, and they, uh, they really hung in there and pulled it out. All right, I think I might be a little less high on this result than you are, uh, but Matthew, what do you have to say? I agree with Joe. I think this was a great game. Obviously, it's really nice to win for the first time in who knows how long. And a 3 nothing win against the Red Bulls is always going to feel good. I really strongly dislike the Red Bulls. No, I agree. Uh, let's go through a little box score. Uh, possession 50-50 in this game. Uh, the Union and Red Bulls both had a couple shots on goal. Um, but things really came to a head at the end of the game. The 74th minute, 81st minute, and 85th minute from penalty kick. CJ Sapong with the hat trick, as Joe said. Uh, and the Union snapped that 16-game losing, uh, well, winless streak. Felt like a losing streak. And, uh, you know, hopefully that, uh, that breaks the deadlock. Um, but, Matthew, things were pretty even in the first half of this game. The Union actually came out really strongly again for probably the fourth or fifth game in a row and, and took it to the Red Bulls. I was surprised with how well they hung tough with the Red Bulls, who are obviously a better team with Sasha Kleshkin and Bradley Wright Phillips. And I thought the Union did a really good job of limiting those two guys especially in the final third. I was impressed with New York as well. And Bradley Wright Phillips, to see him in person, that man worked hard every single minute that he was out there, always looking for the opportunity to, to go on a run. Um, and they and New York moves the ball quickly from side to side and up and down. So it, the, for the fact that the Union hung tough with that good team, it gives me optimism for the future. Yeah, I was also impressed by the speed of New York's counterattack. And Wright Phillips, some of the runs he makes were all going to like post up off the center back and then spin him around. And he's always behind the guy and on side, um, which is, is really impressive and something you don't always get on TV. Uh, and then, so they go into halftime, it's scoreless. The Union come out um, lacking some energy, and New York really starts to put on the pressure. It started to feel familiar. The Union came out flat. At halftime, the Red Bulls really jumped all over them, had a couple opportunities. Andre Blake made some great saves. I think the Union would have been down if it weren't for Andre Blake. Well, Andre Blake made some great saves, and the Red Bulls, you know, throughout the course of this game, put a couple of shots just wide of the post that they probably should have put in the net. So it could have been a different result if, if the bounce of, the ball had bounced another way. Yeah, Daniel Royer had uh, a couple, had that one nice chance. And uh, the center back, whose name escapes me, who messed up the header on that one goal. Uh, he was sitting there wide open. Yeah, he was. He had that diving header in the box just wide of the post. Um, so it really could have gone south pretty quickly. Um, and then the Union just overcame uh, the Rebels' defense. I mentioned that there was a missed header in the back, which CJ Spawn cleans up. Pretty bad deflection on the shot, uh, but it goes in. You know, the place erupts, and really quickly, you know, boom, boom, boom. You got three goals, and, and you go home with the three points. It was pretty, uh, it was a relief. It was euphoria. And even just before Sapong scored in the 74th minute, um, Robles. Robles with that amazing one handed save. Yeah, everyone's getting out of their seat, ready to cheer. For the goal, and he tipped it away, and you think, oh my God, maybe this is not going to happen this year. <laughs> I want to talk about a couple individual performances. Uh, Joe, you mentioned that Alejandro Bedoya played really well. Um, 
and it seems like he's been building up some steam on the last couple games. He's you know getting in there with those defensive tackles and and really putting in a good performance. I thought he was really good defensively against the Red Bulls, but offensively, I think he was even better. He really did a good job of pushing up and being the connector the Union needed in the final third. For me, this was the first game that our DP showed himself to be a DP. Yeah, that one pass to Herbers on the second goal um, that really set everything up. Oh, Ray Gaddis um, ends up getting injured, which is a real shame. He was playing well, and obviously it just got him back into the lineup after a couple of years of hard work trying to get in. Um, and then Keegan Rosenberry comes on and really did seem to make a difference. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do you think it was Rosenberry's presence and play that made a difference, or was just I coincidental? I don't know that it was entirely Rosenberry, but I think that you know, seeing as everything was sort of coming down that right side the last 20 minutes or so, I think he really did something was just clicking with the team. I feel for Ray Gaddis, though. He did a great job on the defensive end in that game and then throw himself into that tackle and get hurt and possibly lose his job to Rosenberry. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, literally throw himself. I mean, he just gave up his body for that play. And that's just the type of player he is. That's why, that's why I like Ray Gaddis. All right, and uh, last one, Aguchi Onyewu. Um, how did he play, Matthew? I thought he also played pretty well. He did a good job of controlling the ball, bringing it down, and making a nice pass, which is something that the Union were missing, especially with Marquez, who just likes to kick it, and Elliott, who's a little inexperienced. And I, last night I saw his speed of thought. Now, his speed of body is not so great, but his speed of thought was pretty good, <laughs> where he knew what to do with the ball as soon as he had control of it. And that, that was kind of impressive to see. Yeah, and uh, Harris was the last one also um, really distributing and had some nice set pieces. You know, it's, it's great to get three points, get that first win, um, hopefully get back on track. But really, how much does this change? I think it changes a lot. I think the Union can finally pick their heads up, show some pride on the field, off the field, and maybe get a head of steam going, make it, make it into a playoff spot. I think the psychological impact is huge. You, you guys... Everybody could see the, the pressure that the players and the coaching staff were under, and it was palpable, the, the sense of relief, you know, after the, certainly after the second goal, but the, certainly at the end of the game, just relief. Yeah, I mean, you certainly hope they can turn it around. I'm still, you know, one performance, probably not enough to really convince me, at least, that everything's back on track. Um, and I think how they come out against this D.C. team that they lost to just a couple weeks ago at RFK, uh, is going to be a good barometer, and then obviously Houston and Colorado coming up. Um, but, you know, hopefully they can start stringing together a couple results and, and get going. All right, a quick programming note here, because I know not everyone sticks around to the end of the show. Uh, next Wednesday, that's May 17th, the Union have a midweek game against the Houston Dynamo, which means instead of releasing the show on next Tuesday like normal, we'll have a show for you Sunday, the day after the Union play in D.C., uh, we also hope to have a show out that Friday to preview the May 20th game versus Colorado. This week, the Union returned to RFK Stadium to face DC United. Uh, Matthew, can the Union capitalize on momentum going into this game, or does momentum even exist? Is it, is it a factor at all? I think it's absolutely a factor. The Union, when they started losing, when they started not winning games that maybe they should have won, it became a habit. It became just a foregone conclusion that the Union were not going to win. And I think even the players felt that. But now that they have the win, it was a really decisive win, too, over a good team. Maybe they can, like I said, maybe they can pick up ahead of steam. All right, we see them come into this D.C. Uh, DC game. They just played this team a couple weeks ago. Uh, we know D.C.'s going to get the ball wide and attack down the flank, and they've also got Luciano Acosta in the middle um, making things happen. I mean, how much of a threat is he for this Union team? 
I think he's just about the only threat, to be honest. Um, to me, the only two teams with less talent on their squad than the Union are Colorado and D.C., with the exception of Luciano Acosta. So if the Union can put a guy next to him when D.C. has the ball and deny him the ball, I think the Union can win this game. And can I ask you a question? I know Sebastian Latou's been getting some playing time recently, um, and I saw him in that when D.C. played against Atlanta. He scored a very nice goal. It was kind of like the Latou of old. Is he, you know, he goes hot and cold. Is he hot right now? Is he going to be playing? I think that's two different questions. I think he might be getting hot, but I also think that Patrick Mullins is going to get his starting job back. He went half in D.C.'s last game, looked for him to go like 60, 70 minutes next week. Great. They've also got uh, Bill Hamid as of today, and we record on Sunday nights, um, is day-to-day. So hopefully for D.C., he will be back uh, next week. And again, you never want to see a guy injured. Uh, but right now they've been playing with Travis Juarez, so things have been a little bit shaky in the back. We see them get um, beaten really out wide, so they like to attack out wide. They're also susceptible to attack from the outside in, um, which is probably good with Spong in the middle. You get guys out wide like we saw in that New York game with Herbers on the right wing. I think an even bigger problem than Wara, though, is the absence of Steve Birnbaum, who's their captain this year and a really good center back. He has a concussion, and he will miss this game too. Joe, anything you want to say? Well, I was just reading about how after D.C.'s last game, Ben Olsen ripped into his team publicly, saying that they played without any heart. And, you know, Ben Olsen is probably not the greatest tactician, but he certainly is a guy who knows about heart. So, unfortunately, I think for the Union, you know, I'm I'm betting that Olsen is kicking those guys in the rear rear ends during this week, and they're going to come in with some fire. And uh, so it'll be a challenge for the Union down in D.C. Right. Uh, two more guys I want to talk about on DC, Matthew. Um, Ortiz, we saw play last time. I think he hit the crossbar. He hasn't been playing lately, though, right? No, he has, he hasn't impressed me that much besides that game against the Union, and I think Latou was ahead of him on the depth chart. And last one is that defensive midfielder. Instead of Marcelo Sarvas um, of LA Galaxy fame and a couple championships, uh, they're playing Jared Jeffrey in the defensive midfield. Um, what does he bring to the game that Sarvas doesn't? I think Marcelo Sarvis is a lot better at seeing the game and making a nice pass, but Jeffrey's more of a defensive midfielder who can lock it down and play some defense. Uh, what do you expect, Joe, from the Union going into this game, um, especially with Harris Union and controlling the ball in the middle? It's going to be interesting to see. I, I think the Union will go in on a high note with the energy, but uh, Roland Alberg, you know, he left the, the game uh, against the Red Bulls with an injury, so he's not going to be available, I would imagine. Uh, Ray Gaddis, as you mentioned, is out. Um, and Richie Marquez was sick, but you would hope that he, he, he would be back by the time this game comes around. So I think the Union come with, with energy and some confidence. Uh, tactically, I don't think anything is going to change. I mean, with, what would make Jim Curtin change? But uh, at least psychologically, I think they're going to be coming aggressively. Well, and I think Roland Albert, I don't necessarily think aggression. So um, that might even add to the aggression. His absence. So who does who does he get replaced with? I really don't want this to happen, but I think the Union are going to push Alejandro Bedoya back up into that center attacking midfield role and slot Derek Jones in as a number eight. And if you think of who's going to score a goal, I'll tell you one guy we didn't mention yet, Fafa Picol. That's true. He had a great game against the Rebels. I thought he played fine. Well, maybe my expectations were low, but uh, I thought he was aggressive. He worked hard. He made things happen. So you know, if you look at the upcoming D.C. game and you wonder, geez, who's going to score a goal? Maybe Picol gets one. Yeah, maybe he gets in behind that defense. He's a pretty quick guy. Uh, predictions, we know this is wildly inaccurate, but guys, I want a scoreline and goal scorers. Maybe we'll get some positive predictions for the first time this year. 
I'd like to point out that I predicted a Union win last week. I yeah, do okay. recall that, yes. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> I think the Union are going to win 2 nothing. I think CJ Sapong will score, and I think Chris Pontius will score against his old team. I, I sway from negative to positive. I'm on a positive note because of the, the high from the win. I'm going to say 2-1 two two to one Union. I'll say one nothing Union in a closer game than we think. It's MLS Fantasy time. Matthew's consistently in the top 5% of all MLS Fantasy players, and right now he's going to give us some tips. We'll also discuss the best games from this coming weekend. All right, another double game week this week. Toronto FC with their second DGW in a row. That might be good, but also might not be so good because they're going to be tired, right? They rested Javinko in their last game. Victor Vasquez might have some heavy legs. Uh, Columbus Crew also has a double game week, and I think they're a safer bet. Ola Kamara especially had a goal and assist in their last game. Uh, he's going to play against a, a tired Toronto FC, like I said, and a Montreal Impact team that's just not been so good this year. For the first time this season, I will recommend a Philadelphia Union player. Wow. Jack Elliott. Uh, assuming he plays, he's a cheap option. The Union haven't given up a goal in their last two games. Um, and he's playing D.C., like we said. Do you think he will play? Because we do have uh, Marquez coming back potentially, and Anya Wu did play pretty well uh, this week against the Red Bulls. That's true, but I think Jim Curran's going to prioritize developing Elliott and giving him some experience over whatever he thinks Anya Wu brings to the table. Uh, finally, Albert Elise from Houston. Um, he's one of four strikers Houston has that could start anywhere in MLS, but he's been scoring pretty fluidly recently. And he's playing against Vancouver, who, has, who, again, hasn't been that great this year. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's get to the best games this weekend. Joe. Uh, when, well, I don't know if it's the best game, but it's one I'm interested in watching. I'd like to see uh, Toronto against Minnesota coming up. Toronto's playing really well. And uh, the interplay between uh, Josie Yaldador and Sebastian... Javinko. 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 It's a pleasure to watch. I'm just enjoying watching TFC these days. And Minnesota, they just won uh, against uh, SKC SKC this afternoon. So uh, I, that's one that I'm, I'm happy to watch. I'm excited for the Dallas-NYC game. NYC has scored six goals in their last two games, and Dallas is always good, really well-organized team that I enjoy watching a lot. Yeah, well, I'll let go you, Joe. I don't know that mine is like the marquee matchup of the weekend. That's probably New York, L.A., or Portland-Atlanta. Um, but I'm really interested in watching Orlando SKC. Um, SKC did just beat the Red Bulls, and this weekend... They lost to Minnesota. They lost to Minnesota, thank you. So hopefully they'll be coming back um, looking for a win. And Orlando's on top of the East. Kyle Lahren is a monster scoring goals, and uh, I think it's going to be a good one. And they haven't lost yet in their new stadium where they're playing this weekend. That's true, and that wall uh, really is something to look at. That's going to do it for this episode, but remember, we'll be back this Sunday, not Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher.com, and SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter at PhillySoccerPod. I'm at Will McQuillan, and Matthew's at Matt underscore McQuill. Comments, questions, or reactions can be tweeted at us there or emailed to us at PhillySoccerPod at gmail.com. Ratings and comments on iTunes and Stitcher are essential for getting a show like ours publicity, so please be sure to tell your friends and leave those reviews. It's super quick. For Joe and Matthew, I'm Will McQuillan. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.
Yeah, Joe just raised his arms like Rocky. 